Good morning and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. This sermon was preached on January 8th, 2023 for the Festival of the Epiphany of Our Lord and is based on the gospel lesson for that day, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of our Lord dear brothers and sisters in Christ. If I were James Cameron, I know exactly how I would direct the opening scene of a Magi movie based on Matthew chapter 2. The camera fades from black to an empty room. It's ancient, dusty, dingy. On every wall, there are floor-to-ceiling shelves packed full of scrolls and books and rolled-up pieces of leather with writing on every inch. As the camera pans through the room, it circles around a table in the middle with more papers piled high, but one scrap carefully laid out on top. It's covered with characters you've never seen before from a language long since forgotten, and, and then superimposed on the screen for the audience in papyrus font are words setting the scene. A forgotten prophecy. Strange lights in the sky. Three men willing to risk it all to unravel the mystery. That was probably a good thing I'm not a movie director. I think I'll stick to my pastor gig. But I will stand by my contention that this story would make a compelling movie. There's mystery and drama, a sociopathic tyrant, and exotic people from far-flung locations traveling halfway around their known world to find the one thing that will change their lives forever. There is a certain mystique about the Magi. Matthew doesn't waste any time introducing them to us. Here is all of the background biographical detail that Matthew brings to the table about the Magi. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. That's it. 
that's everything. Matthew doesn't even tell you what a magi is. Allow me. You might know the magi by another name. We often call them the wise men. That's what they were. They were wise guys. They, they were the intellectual elite. They were scientists and astronomers, anthropologists and dietitians. They were historians and, and the king's most trusted advisors. If you had a question about anything, physical, historical, biological, spiritual, you'd go to the magi for answers. Only in Matthew's story, it was the magi who were the ones asking the questions. Apparently, there was a mystery that sat unsolved for 700 years on the shelves of the wisest men in the East. It told of a very special king whose life and reign would change the world and whose birth would be accompanied by some strange signs in the sky. And this is where it gets interesting. The Magi were Easterners. They weren't Israelites. Why would they care about the king of the Jews? What was this star that so captured their attention? They were accomplished astronomers. They had seen it all and charted it all for centuries, but this was something new, something no one had ever seen before. And how was it that these foreigners had a prophecy about an Israelite king when not even the Israelites knew about that prophecy? It's not anywhere in the Bible. And yet these mysterious magi believed in that mysterious prophecy so completely that they were willing to leave their homes behind, embark on a months-long journey, cross a desert without even knowing where they were going. They had a fragment of knowledge, a piece of a promise but it was enough for them to drop everything, pack up their costliest treasures, and travel to Jerusalem looking for answers. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. King Herod didn't know how to answer that question, but the people's chief priests and teachers of the law did. In Bethlehem and Judea, they said, and then they quoted a prophecy that is plain as day on the pages of Micah available to anybody who had access to the Bible. It's interesting, isn't it? The chief priests and teachers of the law had so much information, but they did so little with it. The Magi had a fragment of a prophecy, and it inspired them to incredible acts of blind faith. The chief priests and teachers of the law had books and books of prophecy, but they couldn't even muster up an ounce of curiosity, let alone faith. Brothers and sisters, there's a warning there for us. You have pages and pages of prophecy. You have the entire revealed will of God in black and white. You have promises in, in scripture of forgiveness and salvation and eternal life. We just celebrated the, the 2027th anniversary of Jesus' birth. Are you still so moved by the message that you're privileged to hear week after week? That you're willing to drop everything and pack up your treasures and worship him at all costs like the Magi did? Or has the novelty worn off for you? Has your enthusiasm cooled into a matter of mild habit like it was 
for the Jewish leaders. And look at what the Magi did when they found Jesus. When they saw the star, Matthew says, they were overjoyed. Literally, in Greek, Matthew writes, they rejoiced with an exceedingly great joy. Honestly, it's comical how many adjectives and adverbs Matthew piles together to express the Magi's excitement. Overjoyed barely scratches the surface to express how happy they felt. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him again. Literally, in Greek, Matthew says, they fell down and worshipped him. I don't imagine this as some stodgy, solemn, ceremonial gesture. I imagine this as the kind of plop that leaves bruises on your knees. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This was not a small thing. This was the biggest moment in their entire lives, and they were prepared to show it. These foreigners traveled for months and brought extravagant gifts to match their enthusiasm to meet the one who had been born king of the Jews. Because in their heart of hearts, even though they were not Jews, they knew that he was their king too. And here's the truth about the story of the Magi. You know, in my Bible, this section of scripture is called the visit of the Magi. But the real headline is in the first four words. After Jesus was born. That's the story. That's the headline. We're two, we're two full weeks out from Christmas, but this is still the reason for the season. Jesus was born. Jesus was the subject of that centuries-long prophecy. Jesus was the object of centuries and generations of prayer. And not just in Jerusalem, but in the far-flung corners of the world where pockets of believers still clung to pieces of promises that God had made about a savior, about a king. As fascinating as the Magi are, as movie-worthy as their story is, this story isn't about them. It's about the one who motivated them to migrate across the desert, to fall on their knees and present him with precious treasures. Now, I don't imagine that the Magi had any idea how fitting those gifts would be. But by God's design, they were perfect. In their minds, I'm sure they were just giving the best that they had to give. But, but as we look at these gifts, knowing how this baby's life would end, I couldn't have handpicked anything better. Gold. It's precious and pricey, a gift fit for a king. That's what Jesus was prophesied and born to be. Not a king to, to challenge someone like Herod for the throne of a tiny kingdom like Israel, but our true and heavenly king, the Lord of the universe, who sits at the right hand of his father in a position of power and authority, ruling over all things for the good of those who love him. Frankincense. It was vital to the Israelites' life of worship. They would light incense in the temple and its fragrant aroma would rise as a symbol of our prayers, rising like smoke to the throne of our God in heaven. Jesus is more than a king. He is God, worthy of our worship and praise. He hears and answers our prayers. 
and myrrh. It was a fragrant perfume most often associated with death. Myrrh is a reminder of Jesus' mortality. King and God, though he is, he was born of a woman and destined to die, and all for you. Jesus loved you so much that he made the Magi's pilgrimage look measly by comparison. He went from heaven to earth for you. He went from life to death for you. Jesus loved you so much that he made the Magi's gifts look paltry. He didn't give you precious metals or fragrant perfumes. He poured out his holy precious blood on a cross and offered up his innocent suffering and death as the sacrifice for your sins. For the time when your enthusiasm for him grows cold, he gave his life for you, to give you the promise of life and peace with him forever in heaven. That's what this story is all about. It's not about the mystique or the mystery of the Magi, it's about the one they came to worship, the Christ who came to be your Savior, God, and King too, who gave his life to forgive your sin, who rules over all things for your good, who is more than worthy of your worship and praise. The only mystery worth solving, then, is not what the star looked like or where the wise men came from or what their names were. The only mystery worth solving is how you're going to respond to this good news. How you can maintain the excitement and enthusiasm of Christmas every day of your life. The first words of Matthew chapter 2 could be the first words of our diary every day after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Now, I'm not going to suggest that, that you need to liquidate your assets and drop a couple bags of gold in the offering box every week. You, you, you don't have to make a pilgrimage to Bethlehem to show your love for your Lord. But there are many ways that you can fall on your knees and worship him. You have many alternatives to gold, frankincense, and myrrh to show your gratitude and express your marvel at the birth of your Savior. Maybe for you, it's telling the little children of, of your family or, or your congregation the stories of Jesus and his love. And maybe for you, it's picking up a phone and calling that member who hasn't been in church in a month or more and just asking, how's it going? We still need two qualified men to serve on our church council to make sure that as a congregation, we're doing everything we can to share the gospel. Whatever it is, may, may God give you the same measure of marvel as the Magi. May God fill your heart with a faith that takes action, that takes what's been given to you and, and gives back to him, that sees the child in the manger and rejoices with an exceedingly great joy every day that Jesus is your Savior, God, and King. And there are many mysteries about the Magi. There is no mystery about what motivated them. It was Jesus. Always Jesus, only Jesus. May he motivate you today and every day. Amen.